0: Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another
1: Basar Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it.
0: Morning, Church. How are you doing? You look awesome today. Hey, take your seats. It's just such a joy to be back here with you. Uh, we're very excited about what God is doing. And uh, just to give you a little bit of a up-to-date, um, since we were here last time, about a year and a half ago, God, we felt God leading us to go to Orlando, Florida, for five months and spend that time with Christ for All Nations. That's the ministry founded by Reinhard Bonnke, and uh, we hung out there and trained with them and connected with them and kind of, you know, built that relationship with the evangelist Daniel Kalinda and uh, have kind of. I'm I'm now an official CFAN evangelist now as well. I have an ordination with CFAN as well as the ACC, which is kind of interesting. um, But it's been an amazing time. We were going to go to Africa last year. I was going to coordinate, um, uh, actually, direct a crusade in Kisi, Kenya that had 700 pastors involved in it, which uh, didn't happen because of COVID. And then everything sort of switched over to Tanzania, and I couldn't get there. I could get there, but they couldn't get me back into Australia, which was a bit of a thing. And, but a team went over there and um, they spent about three months in Africa. They did five crusades, but they also did a, a, a several hundred other outreaches, community outreaches, and schools and things. And they saw 490,000 salvations. Isn't that awesome? And so that's something that I'm part of in the coming months, we'll be uh, heading over there. I've, I've had an initiative some years ago, uh, you might remember my truck got destroyed in an accident and uh, I had a, a, a vision to get a new truck with a team, you know, get people sharing in that vision and running and training people and so basically what's come out of being there, I shared that, that vision with with Christ for All Nations, Daniel Kalenda loved the vision so much, is Christ for All Nations is currently buying a truck for us and, and, and loading it up with a big PA system. I have 12 evangelists that have graduated from the boot camp there that um, I'm going to be sort of mentoring doing crusades. How exciting is that, eh? God's just kind of set everything up. So it's just, again, the big issue is getting out of the country and uh, not being stuck out of the country. So I'm hoping to go in the middle of the year and do some crusades with the guys and that. So it'll be great. God's good, eh? Hey, look, before I come to the Word of God, I've got my beautiful wife, Fiona, with me here, as you know, and I'm going to invite Fiona to come to the platform. Two are better than one. Would you say amen to that? And she is better looking than I am. I always love to get her to pray and just greet you and share anything on her heart uh, before I come to the Word. So I'm just passing it over.
1: Yay. Morning, church. Let's pray. Jesus, we are just so grateful to be here in your house this morning. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you have redeemed our lives from the pit. And every single one here, Lord, has been crowned with your love and your compassion. And you have made us your sons and your daughters, Father. And we are here today to honor you. We are here today to seek your face, Jesus. We are here to hear from your word, Father God. And I know, Father, that you are not a God that favours comfortable places. And you are constantly bringing us into new territory. You are constantly inviting us out into wide open spaces, oh God. And I pray for every single person here, Lord, that they would not disqualify themselves from what you have called them to, Lord, from the adventures, Lord, that you have called them to with you, Jesus. Lord, we pray let your fire come upon us today, oh God, that our hearts would be set ablaze, that you would take us into deeper places of love with you, Jesus, that as we are immersed and grounded and established in your truth and in your love, Father, that we would be carriers of your fire, that we would be carriers of your eternal and blessed hope. Lord, we are eagerly awaiting your return and we long to see you face to face, Jesus, And we humble ourselves before you and before your word today, God. And we say, search us and know us and test us, Lord, and lead us in the path that is everlasting. We are listening to you, Holy Spirit. And we honor you, Jesus. Amen.
0: Awesome. It's great to have a praying wife. Amen. And uh, wow. I want to talk to you about the word irresistible this morning. And, uh, you know, when we use the word irresistible, usually it's in relation to our desires, our appetite, our cravings. For you, what is irresistible? Perhaps it is a good coffee. Uh, maybe it's a mud cake, an ice cream, or maybe it's pecan pie or smoky barbecue ribs. You know, we've been in the southern states of the U.S., as you realize. It's pretty good, the smoky barbecue over there. But uh, maybe you find your spouse irresistible. Mine's pretty awesome. Amen. But uh, if you look in your dictionary online, you'll find the word irresistible means something you have to have because it is too desirable or too wonderful to restrain yourself from having. Or the Oxford Dictionary just simply says it's too powerful or convincing to be resisted. Now you may... Like me, have experienced the disappointment at some time trying to share Jesus with somebody and been flat out rejected. Maybe it's been with a friend, a stranger, might even been a family member and and you know, they just, in no uncertain terms tell you they don't want to hear about it and they don't want to hear about it again. Maybe they've cursed you to your face or cussed out Jesus or something and your heart is broken and you know that his heart is broken and maybe it's that you know they've, they've got, uh, maybe they loved their sin or struggled with their sin. Maybe they were feeling condemned when you were sharing with them, felt a bit judged or something or perhaps they just had the wrong concept of what God is like they had the wrong image of Jesus because of what they had seen or heard in somebody else. And so therefore they rejected him and that that hurts us. Now, on the other hand, you may have had the incredible experience of leading someone to Jesus or maybe a whole bunch of people to the Lord recently. Or maybe you have recently come to the Lord yourself and you are experiencing that wonderful joy of salvation and the overwhelming goodness of God. Maybe some freedom has come to your life or healing from some trauma or sickness. Before I connected with Christ for All Nations, as many of you know, I've done numerous crusades in East Africa. Some people from this church have come uh, at times with us as we've done crusades over there. And I've had the joy myself of leading 90,000 people to Jesus. And we're just getting started really though. Uh, You know, I've got a vision much greater than that. But there's nothing like it, I tell you, having the privilege of leading crowds of people to the Lord. And sometimes it's hundreds, sometimes it's thousands, sometimes it's more. It's just huge numbers responding to Jesus. And there's been those times where as I am leading him in that prayer, I'm overwhelmed myself. I begin crying when I'm just just the gravity of what's taking place. This number of people are actually changing the direction of their life. They are embracing Jesus. Not that I'm that good at preaching, but the word of God is that powerful. Amen. It's it's uh it's the power of God under salvation, and it's just amazing to see that happen. And not only to see people saved, but then to see people respond to the word of God in faith, and then to pray for the sick, you know, and have these amazing testimonies of of bodies being healed, the sick being healed, you know, those that have been carried into the meeting, jumping around on the platform after being healed, and the blind eyes open, deaf ears popping open, different things, it's so amazing to see that, and then you can imagine the celebration that takes place in those meetings, and I always really at the end of our meetings say, come on, we're going to give them a celebration, because this is the best thing that's ever happened in some of those towns, and I don't want them to forget it and they really just celebrate jesus and it's really wonderful i'll never forget doing a gospel crusade in the town of kaya south sudan we went into south sudan three days after the reformation after it literally broke away from sudan and became north and south sudan and uh, kaya was a war-torn town it's bordering three nations sudan northern Uganda, and the Dominion Republic of the Congo, Democratic Democratic Republic of the Congo. So it's got all of these wars happening in and around there, and so that town is constantly getting pummeled. It's the main traffic zone. You've got many of the men who have been taken to war and and lost their lives or been maimed in some way. A lot of the women have been raped or traumatised or lost their husbands, and a lot of the kids had been Traumatized. Some of them have been taken off as child soldiers. And so it's just a messed up place. And you come in there to do a crusade, and I'll never forget it. And the crowd, to begin with, they were obviously distrusting. They were, they were just messed up, you know, and their faces were looking rather heavy. Their countenance was heavy. But five days of preaching the Word of God and Jesus doing His thing, i got to tell you something. You saw such a shift happen there. Yeah. And you saw, I mean, we had about 4,300 salvations in that town. And the, the countenance of the entire crowd changed. And there was just incredible joy and great celebration and beaming Beaming faces. It was just so beautiful. It's, it's just wonderful. You'll never forget when you see something like that, how good God is. And, uh, you know, what Jesus wants to do for, for desperate and broken people. He just wants to heal and set people free. And it's wonderful. So when you hear and when you know the truth of who Jesus is and how good Jesus is and what he has done and what he will do for us, He, he, he we're convinced that he's God, yeah. that he loves us. Yeah. And that he is irresistible. Amen. We just want him. In fact, we we find that Jesus is a must-have. Have Have you found Jesus to be a must-have? Because he he doesn't just appeal to our greatest desire, but he appeals to our greatest need. And that is our need of salvation. Amen. How many people here have found Jesus irresistible? Give me a wave. Of course, you have responded and received him as Lord and Savior, which is wonderful. I want to share from Acts chapter 10. Verse 38, the scripture says, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by or under the power of the devil. For God was with him. Wow. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Thank you for your word, Lord. It's just so amazing. I want to just break down this scripture this morning, encourage us, and I really believe God wants to to do something not just for us, but through us. Amen. Uh, We were were sharing yesterday in the pastor's meeting, and I really believe this is harvest time. and, And God is beginning to move and he wants to use us every one of us in an extraordinary way and so uh, just get ready the scripture says first of all that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power now this term the anointing is one of the most often misquoted and misunderstood terms in Christian circles, especially amongst us Pentecostals. And we've probably all been guilty of misusing this term at some stage. And we speak of it like it is some sort of mystical force that comes upon us and it's over and above the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's just kind of this other thing that we get on us and makes everything so wonderful and extra special, you know what I mean? You've got a great singer in a meeting and uh, everyone's just been godsmacked God-smack listening to this person sing and the, after people will say, wow, that singer was just so anointed. Or as was a great preacher who just, grabbed our hearts with the Word of God and opened our hearts up to the Lord and the Holy Spirit moved in a powerful way and people will say, wow, that speaker has really got the anointing. Or it's just one of those meetings that just cracks open, God moves so powerfully, nobody wants to leave and people are just later saying, wow, the anointing was just so amazing in the meeting. Like the anointing is this thing. That comes upon us if we pray or if we're special favoured or whatever it is. It's something extra special floating around and yay if we get it kind of thing. But the reality is the phrase, the anointing, doesn't even appear in the Bible. It's not really a thing. What makes everything more amazing is simply the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's it. It's no other thing. It's the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Maybe on top of some great talent or perhaps some good leadership. Or maybe it might not be so much talent or so many leadership skills, but just simply somebody who is, who is desperately dependent upon and sensitive to and led by the Holy Spirit. And therefore, the Holy Spirit is able to have His way. You don't have to be somebody special to see God move in a mighty way. Just have a heart after Him. Be available. Be ready. Be obedient. To be anointed simply means to be marked and set apart for a special purpose for God. That's it. It's, that's the whole thing. Jesus makes this very clear when he declares his purpose, which is the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. And Jesus shares this in Luke 4, 16 to 18. There he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That is the thing that made everything extra special. Because he has anointed me. Amen. Because he's marked me and set me apart to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. Because God had uh, sent Jesus with the purpose to be the Savior of the world, he marked him, he anointed him, and gave him the Holy Spirit and power and this distinguished Jesus above everyone else. The Bible says in Acts 2:22, God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful excuse me powerful wonders and signs through him as you well know. It set Jesus apart. God God's presence upon him and God working with him. And uh Though we're not called to die for the sins of the world, aren't you glad for that? You personally are not called to die for the sins of the world, but we are called to die to ourselves and to fulfill, live to fulfill the purpose for which God has created us. And this is something some people struggle with, but 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15 says, And He died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves but for him who for their sake died and was raised and i don't know about you but it 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 affects me in this way when i have a revelation of what jesus has done for me dying on the cross paying the penalty for my sin so that i could have life abundant life and eternal life it provokes me to respond in such a way that I say, Lord, you have paid for my life. My life belongs to you. Therefore, I give you my life and I want you to live your life in me. I died to myself so that I might come alive to you. And it wasn't in my life until I literally came to that place of having on my office wall, Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. Then God took me. And opened up the nations of the world and began to use me in an incredible way. It's amazing, isn't it? He wants to do great things through us. And so many people miss out on what God wants to do in and through them because they keep holding on to their own life. The Bible says if you lose your life, you'll find it. If you try to hold on to your life, you'll lose it. So just let it go. Give it over. Let him be Lord. Die to yourself. Let him take control. And and it's just awesome. And the same spirit and the same power that Jesus had empowering him when he was living his life for the purpose of the kingdom comes upon us as well. Jesus said in John 14 verse 12, I tell you the truth. Now when Jesus says, I tell you the truth, you can be guaranteed what he's about to say is going to be a little bit hard to grasp. It's going to sound a little bit far-fetched. But Jesus said, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me, who believes in Jesus, give me a wave. Awesome. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. Now that's a big wow right there, isn't it? You don't need to go any further, but he continues and goes on to say, and even greater works, Whoa, because I am going to the Father. It's amazing, eh? Because when Jesus went to be with the Father, what did He do? He sent the Holy Spirit. So every single one of us who follow Him can receive exactly the same power source that Jesus Himself had. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 simply says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. I said it yesterday. I'll say it again today. I love the Holy Spirit. I tell you, I wouldn't want to be a Christian without the Holy Spirit, and Jesus doesn't want us to be Christians without the Holy Spirit. That's why He said to His followers, Wait in Jerusalem until you've been clothed with power from high, until you've received the promise of the Father. He said, don't try being Christians without the Holy Ghost. You can't do it. Do it with the Holy Ghost. And you've got that supernatural edge, that power coming on your life. And you're able to live powerful and fruitful lives, proclaiming and demonstrating the good news of the gospel in the world around about us. Amen. The scripture goes on to say, Jesus went around doing good. Now, everything that Jesus did and everything that Jesus does is good. Can you say amen to that? Psalm 119, verse 68 says, God is good and only does good. Only does good. Everything he does is good. So what good did Jesus do? And what good does Jesus continue to do today? Well, of course, through us, as he did, proclaim the good news. Brings freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and setting the oppressed free. Now, as you are aware, people's prisons take all sorts of different forms. The devil oppresses people in so many different ways. It may be through abuse, it may be affliction, it may be addiction, it may be anxiety, it may be depression, it may be deception. And how many people know there's a lot of deception in the world today? Fake news. I won't say anything more about that, but there's a lot of stuff going on and the wool being pulled over people's eyes in all sorts of ways. But anything that hurts us, holds us down, and hinders us from fulfilling God's plan for our lives, I believe that is a work of the devil. That which robs us of the abundant life that he intended for us and that abundant life is found in doing his will and being empowered to do his will and blessed as we do his will. Amen. But Jesus came to do good. He came to undo the works of the devil. So in any way that the devil might have oppressed you or any prison that the devil has put you in, Jesus came to set you free from that. But he's also come to empower us to set others free from that as well. To be his hands, to be his feet. Amen. Goes on to say, he went around doing good and healing all. I like that. Numerous times in the New Testament, it speaks about Jesus healing crowds of people. And every time it said, he healed them all. Luke 4.40, when the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to Him and He laid His hands on every one of them on every one of them and healed them. Luke 6, 19. The whole multitude sought to touch Him for power went out from Him and healed them all. Nothing is too hard for Jesus. No crowd is too big for Jesus. No ailment is too much for Him. Nothing that you has. done Done is too big or too greater obstacle for the Lord to to work in your life to heal you and to make you whole, Amen. And you know the healings of Jesus didn't die out when Jesus died. Because we know Jesus isn't dead, isn't he? he? He rose again from the dead, and his story continues through his story. It became our story. It started first with the apostles and the epistles. That's the apostles' wives, right? I mean, they, they started doing it right back at the beginning. In Acts chapter 5, verse 16, said crowds gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Awesome. Hey, I love that. Jesus is alive today. Jesus is continuing to heal the sick today. And I've had the privilege of praying for the sick for over 30 years. And I have seen thousands of healings take place. I would love to be able to say that every single person I have prayed for has been healed. Not everybody is. Many are. You know, I don't know why some don't get healed. I don't want to kind of put the blame on anybody specifically or anything like that. There's, there's, there's numerous different reasons. Some we understand if we kind of look into it. Some we don't understand. But, but when we pray for people, we see people healed. And, and a lot of people that I don't see healed, I find out that they have been healed when I come back. Because their healing took a little while, you know, or something, something happened. I had to go to the doctor or whatever it might be. But there are times and meetings that we've had when everybody gets healed. Or at least it seems like everybody gets they'll have rows of people and everyone you pray for, bang, 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 bang. They're just getting healed. Backs, bang, 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 bang. Everyone's getting healed. Exciting stuff. Yeah. We've been going into Brazil quite a lot recently. Of course, not last year. Um, but... God opened up that nation so amazingly to me, and I got such incredible favor. The first time I went to Brazil, I ended up preaching in the National Pastors Conference, which blew the country right open. And then I ended up going back and speaking in state pastors' conferences and and regional pastors' conferences. And God just gave me such amazing favor then. We were speaking in all these huge presidents and big pastors' churches and things after that. And, And so many people respond in these meetings That when I first went by myself, it just took hours praying for people. Then I'd take somebody with me and together we'd be spending hours. And each time I'd go back, I'd take an increasing big team just to pray for the people after the meetings. And we'd be praying for a couple of hours for these people They would just line up and wait for a couple of hours for prayer. And it's quite amazing. We've seen great things happen. We've seen sight restored and ears opening and paralyzed, people, feet prayed for this guy who had a paralyzed arm, had a stroke, was it? And his arm was paralyzed and she's praying away and this guy's just suddenly, his arm is completely healed and the the interpreter's completely gobsmacked and, you know, it was not just because of the power of God, because she was a woman as well, which we won't go there, but uh, they got a few issues. They need a bit of a slap around over there. So, uh, but it's awesome. But not only can Jesus heal us or can he heal all of our diseases, but he can heal us of all of our diseases. Amen. He can heal all of us and heal all of us of all of our diseases. I, um, I was in my hometown in Hawara in New Zealand a couple of years ago. I'd been preaching there sort of every year-ish and, uh, there was a little boy, his name was Logan, about eight years old, came running up to me as I came into the church and he said, you healed me. I said, no, I didn't heal you. Jesus healed you. But what happened? And his mum came to tell the story. He had holes or a hole in his lungs and he had um, really bad asthma. So he couldn't walk a hundred meters without collapsing on the ground and gasping for ear. Um, pretty bad state. But he also had dairy allergies. He couldn't eat dairy foods or drink dairy foods. And, and he was deaf in one ear. And I would prayed for him. Come back a year later. He's healed of every single one of those ailments. Awesome, eh? His, his hearings return. He's running races and doing pretty good. And he's eating ice cream like every good Kiwi kid should. Amen. But Jesus can heal us of all, whether we ask for all or not. I'll never forget, actually, in this church... I don't know if this person's here still or if it was a visitor at the time or whatever, but I remember praying for a person just down over here, a young lady who had had a car accident and had a bump on the back of her neck and couldn't move her neck because of a lot of pain. And I'm not quite sure how long it had been like that. It had been some time. And I just came and put my hand on her neck. And as I prayed, I literally felt that bump go disappeared under my hand like that is that person still in the church or in the room but it was awesome and I said to her I said whoa did you did you feel that and she said yes I could feel that I can move my neck and I got no pain and then she said this and not only that she said while you were praying I could feel power going down my leg and I had, I had one leg shorter than the other. I had lower back pain. I could feel my leg growing out. I felt my back pain disappear. I went, whoa, that's so awesome. I mean, she got the works bigger. I was just praying for a McMuffin. Come on. <laughs> Jesus brings it on. We can get, it, get the whole lot, you know, just all in one package. It's just so good. Psalm 103 verse 3 says, Praise the Lord, O my soul and forget not all of his benefits who forgives all of your sins and heals all of your diseases now listen some of us have no problem believing that the lord will forgive us or has forgiven us of all of our sins that we struggle believing or at least receiving healing for all of our diseases why it's the same god it's the same faith it's the same work that jesus did on the cross 2000 years ago I was um, ministering in New Zealand. And in a meeting, there were people came for prayer. Amongst them, two Maori guys came out. One had a big afro. The other one had his head shaved. They had tattoos and leathers and stuff like that. They looked like they'd come out of a gang, all right? And when I came down, the guy with the shaved head, he was probably only around about 30, but he had arthritic pain, although he had arthritis all over his body. And he was suffering a lot of pain. And I was about to pray for his healing. And God prompted me and said, lead them in the prayer of salvation. I said, guys, are you saved? Turned out they weren't saved. So I led them in a prayer, receiving Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And when I finished that prayer, when we said amen, the guy who had arthritis went, hey, the arthritis is gone. It's all gone. The pain's gone. I've been healed. Why? Because when he received the Savior, he received the healer. Amen. It's the same, same God. It's the same Jesus. It's the same faith. You don't have to conjure up a whole lot more faith. It's just put that faith that you have in him to do that work also. Amen. How good is that? Maybe I could have the museos come. This irresistible Jesus. He found you irresistible. Do you know that? He found you so irresistible. He's pursued you. He's chased you down. He's wooed you to the point where you come to Him, that you open up your heart to Him, that you respond to Him. He loves you so much. You know, we respond to Him. The Bible says we love Him because He first loved us. And that's the reality. He loves you so much. And He has drawn you to this place. If you have not yet embraced Jesus as your Savior, he is wooing you this morning. He is calling you to himself because he wants to do you good. He wants to make you whole. He wants to bless you and and cause your life to be a blessing to others around about you. And I want to pray this morning. I want to give you opportunity and we're going to we're going to believe God to do something wonderful in this place. Amen. And the first first thing I want to pray we're going to pray for those that this morning would like to receive the Lord or perhaps reconnect with God if that's where you're at but also I really want to pray because I'm sensing this incredible harvest out there eh I mean it's it's just like this the world's been shaken eh and and it's gone crazy and people are just like what the heck and and, and so many people who are not right with God are wanting to get right with God and, and others are going what's going on and we've got the truth because as I say man there's so many lies going in there and people are seeing through it they're seeing through it that stuff's going on and they're like what the heck and so people are reaching out and we've got the answers we've got we've got even from the Word of God that tells us what is happening now it's prophesied things that are happening in this day and are about to happen we've got the answers I mean so people are hungry and, and, and you know when we've got Jesus living in us and the power of the Holy Spirit we can minister life and healing to people God can use you to bring that breakthrough to somebody. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social
1: media sites at Bayside Christian Church.